Art Next Door Prepared by Tuche Elal Art Next Door features the independent art scene in Neukölln and Berlin. Free scene Community-based art Socially engaged artistic practice Artist-led project spaces Collectives Emerging and young artists. News and interviews will be broadcast in Art Next Door on Keith FM. Thank you, Tina Lange, for uh, accepting my request uh, to be part of uh, the Art Next Door podcast series. Uh, this is actually like one year anniversary episodes <laughs> that I have started in July. And so it's been a year now that I'm doing this podcast series. And in this uh, episode, we will be talking about Vintale Noi. Tina, could you please introduce yourself and uh, tell us about Vintale Noi? Hi, Tuche. Thank you for the invitation. And uh, thanks for doing the podcast and sharing stories. That's really wonderful. Uh, congratulations to one year. That's a lot. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I am Tina, Tina Lange. Um, most people know me as the person who's running uh, Grüntaler 9. Grüntaler 9 is a space in Wedding close to Gesundbrunnen. And uh, we actually also have an anniversary this year because Grüntaler already exists since more than 10 years, which is a bit of a special thing in Berlin, I would say. I mean, there are a lot of project spaces that exist for a very long time. Uh, in East and West, or former East and West. But uh, but again, then there's a lot of um, coming and going, which is also beautiful. But uh, to be quite honest, I didn't uh, expect Grüntaler to last for so long. Not, not that I didn't want that, but, you know, there's some obstacles on the way and some uh, ups and downs and uh, not just financially but also to keep running a space for so long is quite a challenge and but I'm very happy that we will celebrate uh, hopefully soon because we couldn't celebrate uh, until now uh, hopefully soon 10 years um, Grüntaler and uh, very short the, the space started because a close friend of mine and performance artist, uh, Nikhil Chopra from, from India, uh, came to a, for a residency to Berlin. And that was 2011. So Nikhil came to Berlin and both of us uh, wanted to do projects together. So through a lot of really nice, beautiful, weird coincidences, we happened to find that space because we were going to a friend's bar next door and uh, talking about like, hey, we would like to have a space. Do you know any space? And they were like, yeah, next door is empty. <laughs> and we were very excited. Uh, we saw the black and white uh, tile checked floor that a lot of people also know as kind of the 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 sign of the space, uh, which is uh, displayed in thousands of photographs and has been covered also in performances because it's so dominant. <laughs> and uh, anyhow, um, so Nikhil and I started renting the space in 2011, and then it was meant to be a one-year project. That was the initial idea. The idea was, as long as Nikhil is in Berlin for one-year residency, we will do the space together. 
But then within that one year, we realized, wow, there is actually a really high demand for a space that is only dedicated to performance art. There was no such space like that in Berlin. Of course, you had performances all over the city and beautifully curated or organized within spaces, but there was no space that was just there for performance without being connected to an exhibition. Because that's very often not a problem, but quite a challenge that a performance is like uh, invited as an opening side effect, <laughs> or it's a performance that is somehow squeezed into a space full of other artworks. So we wanted to change that. We, we, or we felt, we felt there was a need for that. It was not an initial plan. It was like happening in a process that we realized that this kind of a space is needed. And also as someone who has curated performances in many other spaces, um, the other thing that was quite, uh, let's say, cutting a lot of performance ideas was that you always had restrictions in every yeah. space that you entered. You have so many restrictions of what you are not allowed to do within the performance. Mm. And that was another um, uh, factor or another uh, let's say, really like penetration in the performance idea that we tried to soften, you know, like we wanted to say like, hey, of course, there's always limits to a space, right? I mean, there's like physical limits, there's a wall, there's a window, there's square meters, there's heights. But beyond those physical weird uh, borders that you have or, or, or limits, we didn't want to have any other limits. So that was basically, and that, and that happened like step by step. This was a process that we realized uh, over the years, or I realized over the years after um, Nikke left Berlin, because I continued together with other artists. There had like been artists coming to the space very often. So we formed kind of a, um, a group that wanted to keep Grünthaler going. And then this group changed, like there were people coming and going as usual in Berlin, people left or people said like, hey, I don't have time for this anymore. And then they left and then someone new came. So there was a constant change of people being involved and collaborating uh, to keep the space. So basically um, why I'm telling this is because this is how the profile of the space became um, like was sculpted like this is how the profile came into existence so it was a space that was offering a playground or a platform with almost no limits or this is how I tried to communicate it I said like listen uh, you can perform here and you can do whatever you want like I don't give you any restrictions the restrictions are just the walls of the space basically and uh, and then out of a um, funny um, let's say personal limit another rule came up <laughs> because because of that freedom a lot of artists of course did like a lot of changes in the space like painted uh -huh. the space completely black or like did like really weird things to the walls which was beautiful but then 
what do you do after the performance? Like after the performance, before the new performance, what do you do? So uh, it was very clear that we didn't have the, 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 the people power and we didn't have the money to repaint the, the, the space after every performance. So, so the next profile uh, part came, <laughs> which was after the performance is put before the performance. So you have to take over the space the way it is. Uh, and if you expect a white space, sorry, it's not a white space. <laughs> it's not a white cube. Uh, it's also not a theater stage or it's not, um, a, a, yeah, it's not a space where you can expect some kind of, let's say, you know, a lot of people, they talk about um, um, starting with a blank page or tabula rasa, or they talk about like, oh, I need a neutral space. And I believe there is no such thing. Hmm. There is no neutral space. Every space has a history and every space has a connotation and every space creates an atmosphere or everyone has a different connection to a space. Like some people might feel comfortable in that space and some other people might feel totally weird in that space. So you can't say there is a neutrality of some sort. And by offering a space to the next performers that was already used artistically um, in such an intense way was also an interesting form of um, to study the leftovers. So, so a lot of artists actually really embraced uh, this moment of entering a space that has just gone through a lot of intense performances. And they were really, like some of, some of the performers were really, really good in dealing with the traces within their own performative practice. So that was a very, very beautiful thing for me to witness. And it made me kind of believe also that we need to continue in this form. So, so some artists, but I have to say also some artists were not able to handle this. Like some artists would say like, no, I can't do this. Like I have to work in a white wall space or whatever, but that's fine. You know, like not everyone has to fit everywhere. It's, it's okay. Mm -hmm. um, and then a lot of artists were also really, really um, beautifully inspired by traces. Um, and for me, as the person who was probably the only one who has witnessed all of the performances, uh, for me, it was also very, very nice or, or also it was basically it became my practice to observe and to witness and to analyze how traces are treated in a very different way by different artists or artist collectives, like depending on who came to, to, to be the next performer. And, uh, and that was, that was, that's actually quite amazing. Like I can really recommend if anyone wants to see how traces are uh, treated over, like, I mean, we are talking about a time span of 10 years. So there are traces in the space that I can tell you, they are like really 10 years old. Wow. So, and they have, and they have not been, touched or they have been touched in such a way that you can still see them and uh, and that's quite uh, amazing uh, for for me personally to observe that 
But then, of course, there's also traces that are not visible. Like we also had a lot of sound art performances or sound art installations that were durational. So obviously you can't see them, but some of them you can hear online because they have been recorded and shared. So that's another dimension of tracing and, and um, meeting the traces in, in a different, different level. But uh, since you were also mentioning that there's only a, a small snippet of what you can see on the website, uh, I have to admit I'm really bad at website updating. <laughs> <laughs> so there is like really like I'm not exaggerating, but there's probably more than a hundred performances that are not on the website yet. Wow! So I'm I'm really working on this, and I hope by the time people listen to this, I hope the website will be more updated. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's like so many more traces to share that will um, that will be uh, online soon, hopefully. And it's of a course, lot of labor, of course. Continues, yes. But I mean, when I, off the record, I was telling that yeah, I'm curious about the stories behind this, like a short about section, and then to hear the background story of uh, running your project space. And because the title of the podcast series is also called Art Next Door, so how was the relationship with your neighbors? Because having an exhibition space is different, but having performances, I think that it should have a complete different relationship with the people around the space. Uh, because the exhibition, my experience, yeah, people are passionate. Okay, there's another exhibition and I will not enter Uh, but with performances, it creates a lot of different traffic of people from the performer's circle brings a different audience each time. And because it's durational, it, it is different than an exhibition. How was your experience and what happened in this 10 years time with your neighborhood? Yeah, thanks. That's a nice question. Um, there's actually a lot, a lot to say about that, but... Uh two things that I like to share because I love them very much, like two stories. So, um, well, first of all, because you mentioned the difference to running an exhibition space or a performance space, I have, like, my experience is that running a performance space is actually a better way to connect to the neighborhood. Not better in sense of like exhibitions are not cool. That's not, not what I mean. But it's easier because um, there is a different way of connecting when there is some action happening. Instead of like, you know, the, the, the step over the threshold into a space where you have art hanging or standing or being installed is for people who are usually not in contact with art um, is a huge border. Like uh, it's really, really difficult to make people enter a space because they believe they are, they don't understand or they, they are not interested in art or they don't want to be, uh, it's also a very small space, you know? So when you enter, you cannot just, you know, be anonymous or hide or, you know, like you're really like, seen and maybe people don't want to interact so there's a lot of obstacles but what happens with performance is also because there's two very large windows to the to the sidewalk which means you don't even have to enter you can you can see the performances through the windows 
so so you you keep a distance um uh, that was also happening before corona <laughs> the distance <laughs> Um, but then again, a lot of performers also uh, walk, uh, performed outside. So there was a constant inside and outside. And as soon as the performers uh, are on the, uh, on the outside, then the, the, the distance or the, let's say, uh, the way to encounter a performance that is just happening in front of your door or you walk home from shopping or like there's a lot of traffic on that sidewalk of people who live in the neighborhood. So that's always quite nice because people can just stop and watch for a while and then continue home. So it's not, um, there is not a huge effort in that, which is also quite nice because it makes people sometimes stop for much longer than they expected themselves that they would like to watch this. And then, of course, you have neighbors of like people who live in the house or there's like um, um, a hair salon next door and there's two bars, there's three kitas. There is uh, now also new shops opening up uh, like a cafe and uh, ice cream place, etc., etc. And also a lot of artist studios are in the in the in the street. But we are still the only art space in the nearer Uh, neighborhood. I mean, there are a lot of nice art spaces around Wedding and around the Keats, uh, but they are not as close to be connected. So, so a lot of people who pass Grünthalle, this is really like the only connection. Like, I'm really talking about residents that live in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Really the only connection they have. But what I also experienced by talking to them is that they like the fact that the space keeps changing so drastically. So they always look like, for example, you also said there's like durational performances. So, so they keep seeing different faces of the performance by just passing by, picking up their children in the Kita or going shopping to Badstraße to the supermarkets. So they keep passing by on, in their daily routine, but the same time they also keep seeing the changes of the space and the performers mm. and i'm the only constant which is very important like to have one face and one person who's always there that you know at least from seeing you know like maybe they don't know my name they don't know who i am it doesn't matter the matter what matters is there is a person there who's always there who you whom you can go to and ask a question And uh, and I always take them very serious. Like I would never give them the impression that um, they don't understand or this is not for them or um, or this is there's just like one way of understanding <laughs> this weird action that is uh, happening there. So that is really beautiful. And of course, also the people who go to the hairdresser next day, like when they wait for their appointment, they are waiting outside. So they keep watching and uh, it's quite interesting because it's a hairdresser only for men. So there's always a lot of a, a big crowd of young men standing outside uh, watching what is going on next door. <laughs> so that is uh, really, really wonderful. And also the kids of the neighborhood are very uh, open-minded. So mm. they come and they look through the window and they ask me like, what are they doing? And I don't understand. And are they crazy? And all these kind of nice uh, 
conversations uh, which are really nice and I've learned a lot through the years of how to enter a conversation that makes them stay like stay in the sense that uh, that uh, I I, I try like in conversations I try to take away the the fear or the idea of like oh am I actually welcome here? Like, is this also my space? Or is, or I don't understand what they are doing. So should I go, you know, like, there's always this kind of lines in between the questions, which I try to make sure that they understand, that they understand that there is nothing to understand. <laughs> so it's really just like, what do you see? Like what? Like, can you describe what you see? Like, have you maybe seen something like this somewhere else, or can you make a connection to your life? So this is really, really for me personally. This is like my my highlights uh, of uh, uh, witnessing performances. And then the other story I would love to tell is how I how I gained um, the trust of the neighbors. And I've, I've told this story already to some people, so sorry if, if I'm repeating, uh, sorry to the listeners, if you know that story already. But anyway, I'll tell you the story because it's so simple and so nice. So after the first performances, um, uh, and also, you know, there's like bars next door. So I saw that the next mornings after like long parties at the bars next doors, the owners of the bars were always cleaning the sidewalk because, you know, there were lots of like cigarette butts and like trash or whatever. So, and I saw that and I thought like, wow, this is a really nice ritual, you know, like, I mean, for them, it was just stupid work. Like you have to clean the cigarette butts. But for me personally, um, I thought like, wow, this is a really nice ritual. So I uh, organized some proper brooms <laughs> Like, like really different kinds of brooms, uh, like for the sidewalk and for indoors and all that. And then I made it a ritual that before and after every performance, I would clean uh, not just the indoor, of course, but also the outside. Like, the, like you, have to, you have to understand also for those who have not been to the street, uh, because of the history of wedding, uh, like a military history and all that, the sidewalks are very wide. Like we are talking about a sidewalk of like seven meters. So the sidewalk is much larger than the space itself. And I always talk about like that the space actually continues on the sidewalk because it's the like, just to make you understand the sidewalk is seven meters. I, I, I calculated it or I measured it. So you have space to park uh, several bikes there, like motorbikes and um, not motorbikes. And you can put a table there with to, for people to sit and you can have a performance there and there is still space for people to pass by. <laughs> so it's, it's really uh, an amazing space. So why I'm saying this is also because um, it takes a lot of time to clean that sidewalk. Uh, but I enjoy it, even though it's uh, it's really physical labor, but I really enjoy it. And I noticed that while I'm cleaning the sidewalk and people from the house or from the neighborhood pass by, they saw me doing that over and over and over again, 
which shows not just that you care about the neighborhood and about uh, a shared space or about like showing, hey, we are not just leaving our trash or our traces behind, but we are really, we, we are aware of the fact that this is um, a public space that we are sharing, even though officially it's not a public space, but uh, I mean, you know what I mean, it's a space mm -hmm. that we all use. Um, so, so this act of uh, caring by showing uh, a simple act that everyone understands, you know, this is not art, this is not uh, something that you need to understand, everyone immediately understands um, what is happening there, no matter what language you speak, no matter from which part of the world you are, cleaning the sidewalk, everyone understands. Yeah meaning in front of the house you know like it's it's a it's a very simple act but then also i feel that you can translate this ritual or this act to many other dimensions you like you know like to many other relations that you have with with spaces with people with objects with material and and many many other things I think this is all uh, I have to say about this, um, how to connect to the neighborhood. And of course, there's many other stories of how we connected to the neighborhood. I'm, I'm saying we because it's never just me. There's always other people involved, either temporarily or, you know, I mean, just on Saturday now, we had the first performance since uh, since the pandemic, like like official performance without like um like we had a we had a concert through the window last year but that's a different thing so and so many people came that are coming or have been coming to Grüntaler since years so there is some sort of a community also like a loose community like a lot of people they don't even know each other but it doesn't matter because they the connection for all of them is the space and the memories of the space and they keep coming back because uh, by performing there, you include the whole street and the neighborhood. So it's not just about what is happening in the space. And we had like a really nice uh, dance party at the end of the performance in front of the space, which was really wonderful. And everyone felt, uh, I think, very relieved and happy that something is happening. And uh, and also the, the bars next door were like full of people they, <laughs> who enjoyed the crazy uh, free performance to watch. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so that was really funny. Uh, and we were lucky that there was no football match happening because we were quite loud. <laughs> and um, so that was really uh, um, a, a big pleasure to have to see the performances happening again and people getting engaged in the way they want, you know, like yeah. some people are just watching, some people continue dancing, some people took some of the materials that the performers were using and played with it, you know, so they were, there's like really, some people even entered the space, even though there was only four people allowed inside, but everyone was like really respectful and and that was uh, that was really nice. And, uh, and the performers were extremely happy um, to, to be able to share their practice again and to mm. share performing with uh, with people yeah it was very very beautiful wow amazing how is economically possible to sustain a space for 10 years within this uh, non-institutional or 
not having a continuous funding. It should be challenging and difficult. It is challenging. I mean, everyone who has ever run a space or tried to organize something for a longer time, it is always a huge challenge, especially when you're not a commercial space. You know, I mean, like it's uh, it's like this. There have been different phases within these 10 years. So what I can say is the first year was rather easy because we, we had funding through uh, Nikhil's residency. So that's how it started. But that was only the first year. Um, after that, uh, I have to be quite honest, I have no idea how I managed the five years after that. Wow. <laughs> I'm really uh, like when I look, look back, uh, I don't know how I did it, but I managed. Um, but I have to say, I, have, I believe, so between 2012 and 2016, um, I somehow managed through a little bit of funding here and there, like little small things. But then also asking for donation, the usual thing, like selling beer or like we initiated um, something called the Friday Supper Club, which was like a food meeting where people would just come together, be able to talk. There was not necessarily a performance happening. It was more like a community meeting. But then on the side, I very openly communicated also to everyone coming, listen, guys, This is really nice that we meet here, but I also initiated this supper club because I need your support to be able to keep the space. And everyone understood. So everyone donated for the food. And I always asked someone to, uh, to cook. So there was always an artist or a friend who was happy to share cooking for free. So there was always nice food and uh, people came and donated for the food. So that was also happening for a while. But I have to say it was very exhausting to organize that every week. So for a while, I was very happy to doing this. But then uh, I was really, really getting tired and I was really doubting whether I can sustain this for any longer. And as usual, when you're like really down... <laughs> Something beautiful happens in your life. And, um, and what happened to me and to the space and to all of us who are connected to the space, in 2016, um, uh, we received the Project Space Award. And that was, to be quite honest, if this space award was, would have not happened in 2016, I'm not sure if the space would still exist. Mm. Because at that point, uh, I was really like, uh, there was no resources anymore, like personal resources, but also resources of like, you know, I mean, you can't do this donation thing forever. It's not, it's not working. And also on a personal level, it's, um, you really question, like, how much can you give for how long, you know, it's like really a, a, a big question. So the project space came and uh, I'm quite good in handling budgets, I have to admit. Uh, not everyone can handle it, but I, I learned over many, many years to do as much as you can with very little money, as we all know. Uh, but so the project space award money, which a lot of people, as you know, uh, is not connected to any conditions, which is really amazing saved Grünthaler um, because that meant that not only I as a person could finally relax <laughs> and, uh, 
and really like breathe for a moment without thinking well, how am i how am i going to pay the next rent you know um so that saved kuntalo for a while and then i basically had a bit of time to breathe and then i started um applying for money again like applying for for funding again and uh, to be quite honest since then it's going better like it's uh, it's it's not I, it's not like that we have a lot of money but i can manage and uh, and there's uh, i mean there is not enough funding to pay artists and to pay for productions but then again i'm very honest to all the artists who come and want to do something in the space and i tell them listen we can apply for funding together i'm very happy to support Uh, because Grünthaler also has a has quite a standing meanwhile. So, you know, like when you say like you're going to perform at Grünthaler or we uh, I, I suggest collaborations of some sort. So there's always something happening. And then, of course, I also work with other institutions. So there's also uh, collaborations with other institutions happening. And, uh, and also Grünthaler is expanding, like uh, some of you maybe know that in 2017 so about a year after the after the project space award a uh, part of the money was used to um uh, to buy uh, a mobile extension of the grünthaler neuen space and um and since then uh, grünthaler is basically also traveling so so the uh, it's called the bus it's basically um a small van that uh, was also bought by the project, sp uh, project Space Award uh, money. So it actually really officially belongs to Grünthaler. Like uh, it's even written in the papers. And uh, so and with that mobile extension, the space is traveling. So the space has basically uh, over the years extended uh, in different forms. And uh, and then there's but then there's also people coming back, you know, like there's people who moved away from Berlin and then they are coming back. Or uh, I started also having people. Um, I wouldn't call it a residency, but people working in the space over a long period, especially last year uh, when the uh, pandemic happened uh, and we were not able to do any live performances anymore. There was a big question of how to finance the space. Mm. And, uh, and the biggest problem for me was, how can you keep the space alive? Because, uh, I mean, organizing the money to pay the rent is one thing, but to keep the space empty for such a long time just felt so wrong. And uh, so I thought about, okay, so what can we do And then I started renting the space to artists who were stuck in Berlin and they really needed a space to work and to be, to, to be like physically, to continue their practice, but also to feel mentally like in a space, uh, in a different space than their home. Or some of them didn't even have like a fixed home. They were sleeping on someone's couch. So, uh, so this is how Grünthaler uh, transformed into a Uh, an atelier almost uh, like a like a, a studio a practice space and actually it is still a space like this until now but now we are starting to do live performances again mm -hmm. 
So uh, the first one, as I mentioned, was just happening last Saturday, uh, also with an artist, Yuko Kaseki, who has been working in the space since almost, when did she start? Like probably half a year ago. So she's also quite familiar with the space now because she has used it as a practice space, like to go there and practice uh, weekly. So, uh, so that's also important to share the space. And also a funny, a, a funny story about um, that I totally believe that the space is alive. Um, so when the pandemic hit, nothing was happening there, right? Like I couldn't do anything. And I, to be quite honest, I was also a bit in a, in a shock situation. So I, it took me quite a few months to understand what else can we do there. So the space was empty for quite a long time. And then in August last year, in, in the summer, I actually decided to leave the city for a week. That was the first time I got out of the city for a long time. And you know what happened? One of the water pipes broke. Ah. So the space basically decided, hey, guys, I'm really lonely here. I need people in the space. <laughs> so one of the water pipes broke. And a neighbor next door saw that there was water coming out of the space into the sidewalk. I mean, just imagine that, just, just put that image in your head. What a beautiful calling out of like, hey, I want people in the space. I'm lonely, like the space is, has been empty for too long. So one of the neighbors called a friend that he knows He knows me. <laughs> and then there was like a chain of phone calls until they reached a neighbor who has a key to the oh. space. And then about 10 people who had called each other <laughs> entered the space and made sure the water goes out and called like emergencies something to fix the, the water pipe, etc., etc. And they couldn't reach me because I was out of town and I didn't use my phone for that particular day and uh, it was hilarious because I had like 30 missed calls on my phone <laughs> when I, and I was like oh my god what happened but the beautiful part was that some people immediately started making like funny videos of like look Tina we are taking care of the space and then I saw like all the neighbors in the space like like putting the water out of the space like it's such a nice performance oh my god <laughs> For me, this is like one of the most beautiful stories because uh, it's not just the space who created people to come in again, but also to see that the community of the neighborhood was working. And I'm so grateful that they felt responsible yeah. for the space and, and they had an immediate connection because they know me and the space so well that they, that they didn't even think about it. For them, it was clear we have to enter and we have to do something. And then um, a funny performance happened in the space, and uh, which continued for a few months because it took ages to repair that uh, oh. that pipe. But uh, but it's okay because it was a continuation of it was another durational performance <laughs> of the space itself. So uh, that's a very funny. Um, funny situation and yeah thank you again if anyone is listening who helped with the water pipe performance a, very, a big thank you to everyone <laughs> what are your plans for 
10th year anniversary Green Charlotte Noring program? That's a good question. I'm actually in the middle of making plans for that because now finally I can have Uh, people, I can invite a lot of people again because we can be outside, you know, like we don't have to squeeze in the in the space. So most likely end of August, in case someone listens to this before end of August, so probably end of August we will just have a party. That's it. We'll just have a party. Maybe there will, some, will be some performances happening, I don't know. For sure there will be some kind of a, a documentation or reflection of what happened the last 10 years. I'm trying to prepare that right now. It's quite a lot of material. Uh, I'm a bit lost. <laughs> in the but, uh, but it's really nice for me personally also to go back in time, like to, uh, to reflect on the last 10 years. It's quite uh, a challenge actually, but it's also very beautiful to go back to all those memories and performances. And then, and now this is a bit of the tricky part, There is already a new project coming up, which uh, will change the space again. And this project uh, I will do with a collaborator who knows the space also quite well. It's a performance artist uh, uh, called uh, Adriana Disman. And she will, um, she and I, we will start uh, a new concept for the space which will last probably for quite a long time. Like we are really thinking about um, doing, offering uh, a new concept to the space that will maybe last even one or two years. So, but we still want to keep it um, a secret. So we will probably share the new space with you uh, either at the uh, 10 year celebration party. I think that would be a nice uh, way of sharing the new Grüntaler Neuen um, concept or concept sounds so hard. It's actually a new, how do you say that? It's almost a new home. It's like it's a new, yeah. It's going to be a new a new space. Uh, ah, okay. So it's a really physical change. Yes, there will be a physical. Ah. Change. There will be a, a continuous approach to how to handle or how to encounter the space. So uh, and uh, and uh, yeah, we have, we we will be very happy to share that with you when we are ready. We But are working. Does it mean one. that Grünthaler Neun will stay and then it? will have this like a kind of an expansion to another space or it will be complete new space now i'm curious uh, that's a good question i think we are in the middle of discussing that okay. like we are, we are discussing that i mean it will definitely be an expansion and extension and continuation of grüntaler but it might be quite a change like there might wow. be also maybe a new name and maybe a new interior design and maybe a different concept of how to how to how to encounter performances or how to how to um, yeah how to enter the space how to deal with the space and uh, I mean, I can maybe share one little peephole with you. It will be like very largely, uh, it will be around healing. So uh, we believe uh, there is a, 
it's necessary to deal with healing on many levels. I think I don't have to explain that. I think it's quite obvious for most of us. So we are we are thinking a lot about the connection between performance and healing. So uh, it the, it will go in that direction. Mm. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and then you will have to uh, experience yourself. Yeah. Amazing. I think this is an amazing moment that we wrap up our conversation, Tina. Is there anything that you would like to add? Am I maybe missing out something? Anything else that you would like to say? Well, I would be very happy to see a lot of people at the 10-year anniversary, if that's possible. It's most likely uh, end of August, probably the 27th. You will, you will, I will share that soon with you. Um, and otherwise, yeah, um, come to the space, meet me, meet the space, meet us. And uh, every, uh, as I usually say, which I find one of the most important things to say, all are welcome. And I mean it. Thank you and so I much for your time. Thank Sorry. you for asking. Thank you. That was an amazing experience for me to listen. This 10-year-long journey of yours between Telemann. Thank you Thanks for sharing. Thanks for listening. Art Next Door, prepared by Tuche Eren. Art Next Door is a monthly radio show on Kit FM and a podcast series at Anchor FM. If you like my podcast series, you can support and buy me a coffee. Buymeacoffee.com slash Tuche, T-U-C-E. See you in the next episode. Bye.